0: Hello! Welcome to Just Punk Enough. I'm your host, Andy Harrison. This is an interview I did with Chris Reese of Social Distortion. Originally aired August 31st, 2019. Chris Reese was, uh, well, is friends with my Uncle Tom. That's how I got this interview. I met him at an art show years ago, and I totally nerded out amber had to finally tell me to stop talking to him because social d has always been my favorite band somewhere between heaven and hell was huge to me and uh to be able to talk to the drummer of that album and a few other albums geez come on man of course i'm gonna talk the guy's ear off so i was able to talk to him over the phone interview interview him pick his brain a little bit and uh I, I still can't believe I got to talk to Chris Reese, man. Um, I would love to talk to him in person one day, but uh, enjoy the podcast, guys. Where'd you grow up? Did you grow up in Utah?
1: Well, uh, born in San Francisco and lived there through uh, junior high, and my parents uh, were hippies, and they moved, moved back to the yeah. country. They had some land in Utah, so. I ended up back out in Utah in about 1972. Oh, okay. Um, and I was living in a small town there. Went to junior high and high school there, and uh, and then I um, I met a I met some characters. Uh, one of them was Dick Figler. Uh-huh. He was my high school oh, cool. buddy. He he played for a while with Tommy. I think. Uh, well, he played in, in Seven Seconds. I think. After Tommy, I don't know. He he produced a couple okay. of the records. I think Skin, Brains, and Guts was fixed right. produced. Anyway, uh, uh, I I moved back to Reno. I went to, after high school. I moved back to Reno in about 1977. Yeah, uh, and, and uh, that's where I met Tommy. Um, I was working at the record okay. store. Okay, um, it was a 24-hour record store called Odyssey Records. Down on Virginia Street. Oh, that's cool. And um, I got a job working there, uh, graveyard shift, and so there was this, these guys that had come in <laughs> wearing army jackets and looking through the import section. So we got to talking, and uh, I I steered Tommy towards some early punk stuff that I was uh, learned about only through working at that. Oh, record
0: okay. Store. So were you were you into punk rock? You weren't into punk before.
1: Well, no, not really. I mean, I I, ex, I was exposed to it when the Sex Pistols album came out. Working at that record yeah. store, it was a San Francisco chain, and they were pretty hip uh, with you know uh, um, counterculture music, and, and uh, you know it wasn't all it wasn't all Led Zeppelin. Uh, yeah. Uh, at this store was uh, you know they they. Uh, Exposed us. We played played records nonstop. We got to open up and play any record oh, we wanted. Cool. Uh, so that was kind of interesting. Um, and uh, but that's where I uh, found out about punk yeah. rock because it, it it had not a uh, really hit. Well, that's yet. cool.
0: So um, <clears throat> after this, um, w- were you playing in bands in Reno at all, or you just?
1: Uh, no, I learned how to play drums, or, or I, I had played drums playing in the marching band uh, in. Junior yeah. high, um, but uh, Bix had a drum kit. We we goofed around on the drums, and, and somebody had them in the basement. Um, and it was Sean Greaves, was Bix's yeah. cousin. Sean Greaves was
0: a I know Greaves
1: well-known guitar player um, around that yeah. time. Um, and um, we just got to jam some songs and stuff. That there really were no bands formed at that time. Yeah. Uh, seven Seconds Seven Seconds came around a bit yeah. later. But there, but there was some, you know, they played, they played in the basement at, at over Greevy's house, and there were some older guys that, you know, played some pretty nice. hard rock in Reno at the time. So we got to, you know, we got to sit in, and, and uh, you know, uh, started playing Ramon songs and uh, jamming with some Ramon songs, and realized that, you know, we could we could play drums oh, on cool. them.
0: So then you uh, you moved to San Francisco after
1: that to. Yeah, I I, I I went. I was in Reno for maybe a year and a half, and then. Uh, I guess it was around uh 79 i moved back to san francisco because i was originally yeah. from there so i moved back to san francisco and um i got a job playing you know, in yeah. the Lude, which was an uh, early west coast punk band for originally from seattle called uh-huh. the Lude. and um i got into that band and, and had a lot of fun for
0: did Greaves go with you because he was in the Lude as well right uh,
1: Greaves followed me yeah. down there yeah Greaves. Greaves and i were buddies and uh he sort not long after uh, I moved down, he moved down too and you know, he always kinda we always kinda lived nearby each yeah. other. Maybe he'd sleep on my couch for a <laughs> while or we were always cl- uh, close friends. Yeah, that's cool. Uh, still yeah. to this day. Yeah. Are
0: you uh, so did you play drums on American Wino, that album?
1: Yes, okay. I did. Yeah. Keep hitting me out, the American male, my national mascot, we hail. No, no place to go. American wino. American wino.
0: American wino. Is that the only album that you played? With? That's the only album they oh,
1: put out. Okay, and they had a they had some singles and from the early early days in yeah. Seattle. There was some singles, but um, that was the only uh, LP that the band ever put did
0: out. Did you guys tour a bunch when you were in that band?
1: Not a bunch. Uh, we did. We got to go to the south uh, a couple times. We went through Texas uh, and New- as far as New Orleans, we knew some people out yeah. there. Legionnaires' uh, disease, and, and if there was a few people out there. We met the Dicks in uh, Texas, and we had some contact with a few bands. Sats knew quite a few people uh, in LA as well. We, we got down to Hollywood yeah. a few times.
0: That's cool. So, so your next move? Why'd you move out of San Francisco?
1: Well, I, uh, I, um, the weather, you know, yeah. I, you know, it was, uh, got kind of tired of the fog and, uh, just, you know, wanted to check out yeah. SoCal and ended up in, uh, Hollywood around, you know, 80, 80, I guess it was around 82 or so, uh, ended up in Hollywood. Did
0: and, you just uh, go down there for the, for, and, uh, for the hell of it or did you have anything set up? Yeah, just for yeah. the hell
1: of it. You know, we kind of migrated around back then and, uh, you know, rent was cheap, and you just you can kind of stumble into a job and and live, you know, pretty pretty easily anywhere yeah. um, on the west at that time. Um, so, but um,
0: so soon after that, I mean, how but, did you? How did the whole social D thing come about?
1: Well, you know, we we became friends with them um, because uh, through the lewd, yeah. we were one of the one of the top punk bands in SF yeah. at the time. When these LA bands uh, came through, they'd open up for us, and we'd hang out together yeah. and uh, exchange gigs. Yeah, back then it was it was a, you would just it was a uh, kind of a, a networking pr- uh, process that oh, yeah. went on with the bands because there was really no booking agents or, right. or any uh, you know of course no internet or yeah. anything like that. So you would just kind of uh, there was so few bands there was you know only a handful of bands really at the time in each city. So uh, you know, when they came to San Francisco, we'd get them a gig, and then when we came to L.A., they would get us a gig, and they would sleep on our floor. You know, and we didn't, we didn't, couldn't afford motels even. We just drove up in a in a van all night, and we, you know, played a few shows in the city and turned around yeah. and went back. But uh, it, you know, that's how that's how I got to know the Social D guys. They were a brand yeah. new band uh, forming in, in the early '80s, and we played some shows together. And so when I went to LA, of course we hung out, um, you know, they went on that America, uh, another state of yeah. mind tour. And, uh, it, when that fell apart, um, they, they came back to LA and of course they needed a drummer and a, a bass player. And, um, someone, you know, recommended I go down to the cafe de Grand and, uh, basement and, and try out. So yeah. I did.
0: And you guys hit it off right away, or was it kind of like, oh, we don't know?
1: No, you know, uh, we were friends yeah. already. And, you know, Mike said, asked me if I could play The Creeps. And okay. I said, yeah, okay, so play it, play it, play <laughs> The Creeps. All right, play a couple yeah. songs. He goes, okay, we got a gig on Friday. <laughs> you know, they got a gig on Friday. And I'll be silent Yes, no one will know Something for nothing a to toast on your grave I just
0: want to give you a cream. cream Right out the set list And the cream. The cream. We'll learn new songs off the
1: record And, you know, it just went so off from there So how
0: long were you guys, um, were you jamming with them Before you guys decided to start recording Prison Bound?
1: Oh, Prison Bound? Well, uh, we didn't record prison Bound until Mike yeah. got clean. Um, uh, a couple of years, I guess Mike was struggling with, uh, <clears throat> with, um, substance yeah. abuse at that time. And, uh, was... he couldn't, uh, you know, couldn't make, couldn't make another yeah. album. Uh, and, but then he got clean around, uh, 87 or yeah. so, uh, he got clean. And then that's when, uh, put together were you
0: band. guys was that like a conscious effort to change the sound from Mommy's Little Monster to Prismat? no or just no not happened?
1: really uh, at all um, I kind of from being in Utah had a bit of a country yeah. background you know I was familiar with the music from so hearing it on the radio and it, you know it was popular uh, you know everyone listened yeah. to it uh, and so I had some some you know basic knowledge of, of you know Johnny Cack yeah. songs Creedence songs Stuff that Mike liked to jam on, and Mike was Mike was you know uh, you know trying to do something a little different. I mean, no one was playing country in in the punk world at that time, so Mike was always kind of a uh, you know liked to do things a bit different. So we ended up playing a you know Johnny Cash song, maybe or Merle Haggard or something, and and the 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 album took on kind of a country feel, but not was not intentional.
0: Was it the uh, Casbah recording studio? And uh, uh, Chad Ramirez was the uh, producer.
1: Chaz, yeah Chaz Ramirez. How
0: was how was that experience? I mean, that was like the, the biggest studio you've been to at that point, right?
1: Sure. I mean, that well. That was Social Distortion's uh, rehearsal studio, and that's where they had recorded "Mommy's a Monster." Oh, okay. um, Chaz had recorded Berlin, uh, some Berlin albums there that were big. Went big at the time, but um, it was, it was kind of a comfortable studio because we rehearsed there and we knew Chaz oh, okay. real well, and uh, it kind of just came together. So,
0: um, after that, you guys t- toured that album a bunch, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. When then we were able to go on tour, that Mike was, Mike was clean and sober, so we were able to take the show on the road, and um, we went on quite a few tours. Uh, we got on uh, K Rock picked up Prison Bound. Uh-huh. And that kind—that's of, kind of where it took off from was prison down. Actually, K Rock, um, a few DJs uh, um, played uh, played prison yeah, down, that's cool. um, and then that's kind of what, what
0: things started to take so off. So the the uh, next album after that is self-titled, and that was uh, you guys got signed to a major label, right?
1: That's when, yeah, that's when the the major labels were, were kind of went, hey, how come this song's on major rotation? <laughs> how come this album, uh, this band's on major rotation on K-Rock and they're not, you know, they're on an independent yeah. record label. What, you know, so they came, they came and said, uh, you know, they, they saw, they saw that, you know, the possible potential of, of of the band, what, what the band could be. And they, you know, decided. It yeah. Right? So
0: were there like a couple, were there more than one major label, like coming after you guys?
1: I wouldn't say there was a no. bidding war or anything yeah. like that. No, unfortunately. Uh, but, um, you know, it was that was a big label. I mean, that is a big label. So You know, Epic yeah. Records was, you know, and CBS and Sony is. They went. They turned into Sony, but that was you know, the Clash yeah. were on on that label, and Michael Jackson was on that yeah. label. So, you know, they knew how to make videos and and promote rock bands. So
0: that was recorded at uh, Track Record in North Hollywood, right? I yeah. think so. That's and right. And then, uh, gosh, who was the producer on that one? Dave.
1: Yeah. Dave Jordan. Yeah, how was? Yeah, Dave Jordan was the producer. I mean, he was he was
0: big time producer, right? Like,
1: he was. He I mean he 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 did some was doing big time bands at that time, like one right after the other, and we were you know they were able to hire him and get him to because he, he was he was good at getting the rock yeah, yeah. down. How
0: know? was that recording experience I mean, different than the the prison bound? I mean, was it noticeably like wow this?
1: Uh, a lot more rigid, a lot more you know uh, fast paced. Yeah. Um and you know, it was it was a whole different experience than Was it fun.
0: not like as relaxing? Were you guys like kinda tense like uh No,
1: it was not there's nothing relaxing yeah. about it. It was like get it you done. Know, hurry up and, and, and get it right, you know, move <laughs> on make to
0: the us a card, you
1: know. It's an expensive yeah. studio. You know, that I don't know how much how many thousands of dollars yeah. a day uh you know, it cost to, to, to get in those studios, but they wanted it. They wanted it. Bang, yeah. bang bang.
0: So, the uh, I know that the cover art of that is was kind of controversial at the time, and some some record stores wouldn't uh, you know, carry that because of that.
1: Mm, I don't know, I don't no. know about that. Uh, I, I never heard that you know, I mean, it was draw, drawing, right? right? Yeah, talking about the drawing, the, yeah, the drawing of the guys that are kicking in yeah. the door and stuff. Uh, that was a friend of ours that, that did yeah. that artwork. Art, I think his name was Art Morales, I think, uh, LA guy, but um. No, I don't remember it no. being uh, controversial oh, in okay. any way um,
0: so did you notice like after this album um you guys getting even bigger
1: oh well yeah we're, we were on MTV yeah. you know we were on, we were on MTV and you know we were you know playing you know um, all over yeah. the country and so you know it was a, you know we were on a radio station rock radio and College radio and MTV all at once. So, yeah, it took off in a big way. And did you
0: guys? I mean, was that just like mind blowing to you?
1: Well, yeah. I mean, that's like a
0: dream come true. Sure. You know,
1: went you know went from riding around in a van (laughs) to riding around a tour bus. Big difference.
0: And so you guys toured that album a bunch.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh huh. And then, um, um, then you guys. Uh, did Somewhere Between Heaven and Hell, which is...
1: Yeah, and then they wanted it, you know, of course, uh, you know, a year later, when you get done yeah. from touring, they want another album, like, yeah. right away. So, it, you know, it's a bit stressful for, you know, Mike and and, and yeah. everybody, uh, you know, to, to uh, you know, put out, you know, another good record within yeah. a year. You know, because the other ones, you know, Mike was able to take his time and... and you know, he had all the material for another for uh, all the material from between oh, right. prison bound and self titled. Huh. You know, it was it was years. You know, uh, you know, maybe a few years to accumulate that and then go in for you know once the one album they want another one right away. Yeah, well,
0: that's uh, somewhere between heaven and hell is easily my favorite album album of all time. So I've listened oh, really? to that album more than any other album. Probably ever. So that, that's yep. really what kind of got me into like knowing that there's different music
1: out there than you know, top 40 stuff. Very, it was very unique at the time i mean this was before
0: you know the day had yeah.
1: really hit or any of the so-called you know punk pseudo punk bands that were, were were big at the yeah. time so it was kind of uh, kind of uh unique and, and groundbreaking and that there was really nobody doing what yeah. he did
0: well i find it interesting that it was uh kind of written pretty quick you know now that you say you know it's yeah like, it's like well, wow, okay uh-huh. did um mm-hmm. how, how did grievies come into the the
1: uh well grievies uh um helped produce uh he... the albums Greaves was i brought him along as a roadie
0: when oh, we okay. toured
1: i i got him a job as a as a mike's guitar yeah. tech so he was he was touring with us and he was you know he was helping mike with guitars and and and, and guitar yeah. parts and and you know harmonies and stuff. but uh, Reeves had a pretty good knowledge of, of you know, of uh, song structure and and uh, you know, like uh, country, maybe country harmonies yeah. and stuff that uh, he helped Mike with because Mike didn't come from really a country right. background. Uh, you know, he was you know from the West Coast or from you know Orange yeah. County. So, uh, Sean, Sean was a real knowledgeable guy of music. I mean, he he was he knew more than and all of us about you know yeah. the music history and every, yeah. everything so he was kind of a fun guy to have he
0: around. Uh, lived with uh tommy for a little bit and i got to know him
1: yeah, yeah. i think so yeah he did later on. they were they're always good friends of yeah. the, uh, uh the Borgino yeah. brothers
0: and, well i got to know him a bit you know. and, and uh, it came up that he you know helped write the leads and stuff on that album and i was just yeah. like Yeah, obsessed with wanting to ask him all kinds of questions and i was just like i don't know if you know how important that that album is to me man and it was like no big deal to him you know
1: (laughs) well you know he's he's got yeah he he he, it was just easy for him you know it it, it came natural to him
0: so um did you was the band getting even bigger after somewhere between heaven and hell i mean was it noticeably or was it still kind of on the same high
1: no, it was still. You know, we got onto some big tours. You know, uh, we opened for the Ramones and we opened for Neil yeah. Young and, and we, we were playing on bigger tours and stuff. Um, and you know, it, but but it hadn't broken big. It hadn't gone, to, you know, to uh, you know mainstream okay. radio, which you know is what it, everybody yeah. tries for. Yeah, kind of like, <laughs> but it, because the the rock, the rock stations didn't really get behind it because it was too punk. And maybe some of the punk rockers didn't get behind it because it was not, you know, punk enough for them. They had called a sellout. Oh, you guys are on a major label. You're not punk anymore. And uh, but but you know, at the time, rock rock radio didn't really uh, was it was like album rock stuff. So um, it it was a it was a tough uh, time. You know, you you had to pick, or you know, the program you had to pick where you know if you wanted it to be. Marketed to certain radio stations, it it was tough to find a niche for that kind of music at the time because it hadn't really exploded yet. So,
0: did you guys? Did you get to meet Neil Young and hang out with him on that tour?
1: Yeah, we ate every night. We whole crew ate dinner and we traveled, you know, town to town. And you know, we hung out with Crazy Horse. Neil's kind of a recluse, but you know, we hung out with. crazy horse pretty much day and night for weeks and weeks yeah, on end that's
0: pretty huge <laughs> that's awesome
1: that was an that was an education oh, in yeah? itself to me because those guys were real helpful and they you know they were always really cool to us as an up-and-coming yeah. band and uh, they you know they went out of their way to you know uh, uh give us oh, advice that's cool. you yeah. know, career advice, yeah. et cetera. But
0: you did get to meet Neil Young. I mean, he how, how was he yeah, as, as, a, sure. as a guy?
1: How yeah. was he? Well, to me, like being a big Neil Young fan growing up, you know, listening to yeah. Neil Young on eight track tape, it was like, you know, he, he was, you know, uh, it was a almost, a almost like a religious yeah. experience. That's awesome.
0: I'm always afraid to to meet my musical heroes because I don't want to catch him on a bad day, you know.
1: Oh no, you know? He, he's 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 cooler than you than yeah, you would imagine. That's awesome, and we're down to earth, you know. Those old San Francisco hippies, yeah. We're uh, you know, there's you know, uh, very uh, very that's cool. Awesome.
0: Um, how was it opening for the Ramones?
1: Oh, that that was yeah. a blast. We we uh, um. We were playing big shows every night and, uh, and, uh, you know, that was a, that was a, you know, that was, don't get much better than that. I'm
0: kidding, dude. I mean, that's, yeah, that's huge. I mean, that's, yeah, that's amazing.
1: Yeah. We, you know, we got to know those guys and, you know, they're real characters. CJ was the uh, bass player at the time. Uh, he and I, uh, became, uh, you know, good buddies on tour and we still hang out together and, he goes, uh, you know, we go fishing yeah. sometimes, and when he comes to LA, and uh, you know, we made some good friendships over those years. It was a long, that was a long yeah.
0: time ago. That's awesome. I love CJ too. CJ, because CJ was kind oh, of yeah. the guy that I mean, I knew of the Ramones, but when I really got into them, CJ was in there. You know what I mean? So he's kind of yeah, I, yeah. I, I love that guy. Yeah, I, I, and I um, yeah, like all of his albums that he's put out on on Fat Records. Yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah he he's, cool he's, he's plays some good music. So did you
0: did you hang out with the other guys in the Ramones, or were they kind of recluse? No, you
1: know they were kind of you know like like you, they, you know like like you think they'd be. They're kind of like yeah. cranky and they argued with each yeah. other a lot. They were kind of bitchy, and, you know. And, and Joey was kind of an yeah. oddball. You know, Joey was kind of like he was kind of out there at that point. Yeah. You know, so kind of over the touring and kind of you know. He, that was one of you know it was towards the end of their touring right. career. And he, they they'd been doing it a long time. He was not that not that healthy yeah. of a guy, you know, and he's just kind of and they kind of just propped him up there and he did it. But you know he, he you know he was it was exhausting for him. You <laughs> yeah. Could tell,
0: yeah, that's cool uh,
1: to do that every night. You know, at that intense at that level of intense. yeah, for
0: sure. So I saw a video of you guys in '92 playing at CBGBs. It was, did you guys play there before that, or was that the only time you ever played there? Um,
1: we might have played there before that. That was the gig set up by the record yeah. company to be to be uh, uh filmed and uh, broadcast on uh, the jumbotron. Oh, okay. They had a Sony jumbotron screen yeah. at the time. Sony owned it, so they could put whatever they want up there. So they thought it would be cool to to. Uh, you know, to um, put that broadcast that show live on the Times yeah. Square uh, screen, and that was one of the—I don't think it was the first time we played no. there, but it was—it was filmed with multiple cameras, uh, and uh, you know, quality quality recording. Yeah.
0: Did um, I mean, were you guys stoked to be playing CBGBs, or was it just like, nah eh, you know? Yeah. Of course.
1: Well, I mean, yes yeah. and no. CBGB's was kind of yeah, a fish hole. Definitely, I mean, it, it was run down. It was it was like you think of it as you know something that when you get in there, it was like really yeah. run down, and there was like literally on, on, right. on, the, on the wooden floors, and it was just it was it was a hellhole. Yeah, that's what it is. Yeah, yeah. But you know, it was, you know, ground zero for yeah. New York punk. But you know, it was not a nice club by any means. I mean, it was it was you know kind of a yeah. letdown.
0: Well, oh well. So, um after uh touring with somewhere between heaven and hell, this is when you decided to leave the band, right?
1: Yeah, that's when, you know, things got a little bit fractured. Um, they wanted Mike wanted to do a solo. Mike was Mike Mike didn't want to play Mommy's little monster anymore, oh, okay. he, he wanted to he wanted to be a solo. He wanted a solo yeah. career. So he was talking about doing that, and and uh, you know it was just things things had changed. You know uh, when you when uh, you know in the beginning it's a it's four way split four way partnership, yeah. and then you know as 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 more money rolls in it's fine. When, but until the money yeah. rolls in, and then you know everything kind of changes and the dynamics of the whole uh, arrangement right. changes, and that's when you know it started turning into pretty much. Just Mike Ness and whoever he hired to, to, uh, it was more, it was a better financial, uh, for him to just, uh, hire, uh, you know, guys, uh, contract guys to play, to play what he wanted. And that way he was, it was just his band.
0: So what did you do after that? Did you do, uh, music at all or were you just kind of over?
1: Uh, no, you know what? I, I got married and, 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 uh, and, uh, started having kids. So, I didn't really I, I didn't really want to get back into you know uh, have yeah. the time to devote to music I was I was you know trying to support a, a yeah. family so I just did other things um, at that time and and just never really had the time to devote to uh, yeah. music much you know because there's so much of a yeah. commitment
0: so then how did uh, pikes come around
1: well um it was kind of a real estate deal. I, I found this run-down diner uh, near my house. I I, I, uh, I was able to buy a California craftsman bungalow there in Long yeah. Beach, back when it was a real, kind of a run-down yeah. ghetto town. But uh, in my neighborhood was this, uh, an old old uh, Googie Diner that was a beer bar, and uh, it was up for sale, and I, I just managed to get a hold of that piece of property uh, at, a, at the right time. At a good price and I started a fish restaurant there and slowly 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 turned it into a uh kind of like a nightclub at night yeah. bar and rest- that's
0: cool so that's pretty much your your main gig right
1: yeah. it is yeah that that's that I'm retired now I, I I rarely work there but uh that's that's my yeah. gig yeah that's cool. So,
0: do you do you ever look back on your career and just are amazed at it, or is it one of those things where
1: no, you know, it's just. I mean, I thank my lucky stars daily, yeah. uh, and you know, it, it was a, it was a hell of a ride. There's no doubt about that, you know. But at the time, and when we were doing it, it just it just seemed yeah. normal, and you know, and we were working at it, like you know, trying real hard to 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 go against the the yeah. current and 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 play music that was not popular, right. you know, cause we, we felt, we, we felt, you know, strongly about the music, but it was a real tough, uh, at the time, you know, it was really, uh, you know, it was not, it was not anything like it, it was loved right. as punk rock right. is today. It was, you know, it was, it was rebel music. And we were not liked by, by all. Yeah. So it was, it was a real, it was a real, uh, uphill yeah. climb.
0: Yeah, well, I think that those albums that you played on are like, to me, the cream of the crop of social distortions, what made Social D. Well, I appreciate I mean? that. I appreciate that. I know that, that uh, uh, Somewhere Between Heaven and Hell, I mean, I, I think I have listened to your drumming more than any other drummer on the face of the planet, because I I play right. that, that CD all, right. all you, the time, man, and it's like, it's kind of what got me and, and my close friends together, that we kind of had the common, commonality of Somewhere Between Heaven and Hell, and I remember I yeah. met you at uh, Greg Link's uh, art show in LA and uh, I was oh, there with yeah. Uncle Tom or Tommy. I call him Uncle Tom, but I uh-huh. said, oh, you know, Chris Reese, right? So I'm, I'm like, yeah, I know who Chris Reese is, but I don't know him. And I just, I just wanted to talk to you and talk to you, but I was just kind of holding back.
1: <laughs> so, <laughs> Well, I'm glad, I'm glad you tracked me down. I'm I'm, I do yeah.
0: I really appreciate you talking to me and, uh, um, yeah, man, good luck. I, uh, I look up to you, and uh, I appreciate it, man.
1: All right. Well, if you're ever in Long Beach, come by the Pike oh, I Restaurant. Oh, definitely will. I'll buy you. I'll buy you a beer. Oh yeah. T-shirt, cool,
0: man. All right. Well, I think I think I got enough here.
1: Okay. Well, thanks, and uh, say hi to everybody up there will, in Reno. Chris,
0: thanks a lot, man.
1: All right. All right bye. Bye.
0: There you have it, man. Chris Reese. Wow. What a cool dude. What a cool interview. I wish we could have done it in person. Don't like telephone interviews, but whatever. And if you want to check out that full show, go to JustPunkEnough.com, and you can listen to the music I played that night. And uh, these are radio shows that I do for KNVC here in Carson City. And, uh, yeah, you can go over there, to KNVC dot o-r-g and check out other shows um thank you for listening guys